0: My name is Daniel Simo, and this is 14 Days, a project where I try to tell an audio story every day on the road from Melbourne to Sydney. Today is day five, and it's also the first day where I have to refill the car. I've made it halfway to Sydney, and I'm a little scared of what it's gonna be. It's still going up. It's a hundred now. Still going. Still going. Oh god. It's not stopping, is it? A hundred and fourteen dollars and thirty cents. Alright then, I guess I'm voting national from now on. No, not really. I don't think I'm the correct demographic for the right wing. I mean, I live in Melbourne's inner north. I'm not married. No kids. I don't own any land. And for a second, I was freaking out that my Big Thief concert tickets would clash with my Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever tickets. So that's me. Which is why I think it's important to find the common elements in every place. The ones that unite small towns and big cities alike all throughout Australia. Things like the Humble Hotel. Not your Hilton or Hyatt kind of hotel. An Aussie hotel. A pub, really. Some of them have accommodation, but most of them don't. Some of them serve gourmet artisanal cuisine. Some of them just have breaded fried salt in different combinations. But they all definitely have one thing. Bear it is.
1: No, I said coffee. Beer. Coffee. B-A-C-O-B-A. They really were the, the center of town. The, the, the earliest buildings always included a hotel. And that's where you went to do business, to get employment, for entertainment. That's Jeff Birch a man who makes sure
0: to keep his house very tidy in order to pile even more books and folders full of archival documents inside it. I guess that's how you become the president of the Wagga Wagga Historical Society, where he specializes in the history of hotels in the city. If a
1: visiting doctor or an eye specialist or a dentist came into town, that's where they would set up. And they were just central to whatever was going on in the community and they held that sway for a long time that, that's where you'd sell stock they'd often had the stockyard at the back of the hotel they just totally dominated in the early days and it was a long time before that changed the first hotels in the mid
0: 1800s were basically glorified slab huts but after a few decades a whole range of establishments had developed
1: the the better class ones accommodation was important, and if a, a farmer from out a well to do squatter came into town, he would stay at one of those hotels because he'd expect that. But the other hotels would be just um, just for drinking, and they'd have nicknames like the Blood bath or <laughs> because there'd be fights and there'd be gambling, there'd be perhaps prostitution, um, opium. All these sort of things could have been possible.
0: Even deep into the 20th century, your typical hotel still had a bit of a sordid reputation. There was the infamous six o'clock swill, where workers would rush to pound drinks after work before the bars had to officially close at six. Then the poker machines came in, and that was like some kind of Faustian bargain. They could now make the hotels nice, comfortable,
1: and inclusive, but they would do it on a mound of gambling money. If you get good food, good quality, Um, good facilities, you know, they have playgrounds for children. Um, The sort of things we expect nowadays, and I suppose they need that income to provide those things.
0: Today, walk into the Riverina Hotel, the oldest pub in Wagga Wagga, at six o'clock on a Friday, and yeah, you'll see kids playing around, couples on dates eating vegan meals, and an acoustic singer doing share covers. And you'll see the pokies. And the TAB. Oh, and. Beer. You will definitely see. Beer.